Hello and welcome everybody to a new, brand spanking new, uh, installment of the Multiverse New Manga Club. I'm Walter Richardson, as with me, as always, are my wonderful co-hosts, Zach. Hey. And, <laughs> and Emily. Hello. <laughs> Trying to get the sequencing there right. Uh, <laughs> but I guess like without the visual cues, doesn't always work. This uh, no big deal. this month we're talking about the drops of God. Um, this is a comic about wine by Tadashi Agi, which is Tadashi Agi is actually two people. It's a brother and sister team, um, Yuko and Shin Kibayashi, and the artwork is by uh, Shu Okimoto. Um, it's a Sign-in series about wine. It's published by a Vertical Inc., um, not quite as big as some of the other uh, publishers who um, release things here in the U.S. Um, and yeah, let's uh, just jump right into it. Uh, just first, I guess, for both of you, in in a more general sense, you know, how'd you like it? Emily, why don't go you go ahead, first? Zach. Oh no! <laughs> oh. Um... <laughs> I will sounded like you were about to say something. Um, I liked it quite a bit. Um, I think, unfortunately, where we uh, ended um, was I, I felt like I, I could have gotten a bit more closure um, with maybe like the third volume because unfortunately, um, the manga in English kind of has a weird uh, like publication history i think how is it the first four volumes were released and then they skipped ahead to like an an arc that happened way later on in the japanese manga because it wasn't selling very well here um so like i never I, I don't know if i'll ever get like the full story as it was intended to be told but what we did get um was was very good i thought and initially i kind of thought it would just be like I guess, I don't even know if this is a good comparison, but like a low-key, extremely low-key food wars type of thing where they would tell you about wine, how it's made, and maybe have some kind of melodramatic scenes with like drinking wine and like reactions to it. And actually, I wasn't far off, I don't think. I mean, it was definitely a little bit more... um, I mean, it was definitely way more toned down than something like Food Wars. There was nothing nearly as ridiculous. But at the same time, it was very dramatic with, like, the comparisons to art. Um, you know, comparing art to the taste of wine uh, and to scenery and, like, um, forests and things like that. Uh, but on the whole, I, I kind of liked the the mishmash of uh, wine kind of being very entwined in the story and histories of these characters. And I liked how it all panned down and how the characters each kind of had their own kind of history with wine and um, with just drinking it. And um, wow, I kind of totally lost the my train of thought there. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I just, yeah, I liked it. I liked how it panned out and how clearly the author has really done their research on this too. Um, and it definitely wasn't as dry as I thought it would be. <laughs> what about you, Zach? I, like, really kind of love this a lot. Um, 
it is very Food Wars-esque, but um, I kind of like that it's a lot tamer and calmer. It's not so outrageous, right. but it is sort of still outrageous um, how they make some of the connections they make. Um, like the logical leaps are just very out there. And it's just, I don't know. It's just a lot of fun. And um, I, I really like the aesthetic of the art. It's um, it almost kind of feels more shoujo in in style. Yeah, yeah. It's interest. It's interesting to me. That was something um, I was thinking about. That it, technically, it's like categorized as seinen, um, but it definitely unlike unlike you know some. Um, some forms of like you know a lot of the shonen manga that we talk about typically in the second half of the show um it doesn't really like feel like it's aiming at a specific um gender demographic it's clearly intended for a slightly you know young adult to um adult audience but it definitely Mm. i definitely don't get the vibe that even though it's categorized as sane and it doesn't feel like it's uh as audience gender um, aimed at a specific uh, gender as many other forms of manga. I think it's definitely adult. I mean, I don't see it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, just the subject matter alone, I don't see like teens reading something like this. But yeah, I mean, I could easily see older men and women reading this. And like you said, Zach, kind of some of the art style uh, some of the way, the, especially the male characters are drawn, kind of gives me like a shoujo vibe sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing that I thought was interesting was, you know, going into this, um, I had I, I had heard about it before, but I didn't really know too much about it. Um, and so one of the things is that wine, of course, has a reputation and wine connoisseurs have a reputation of being very pretentious. And one of the things that most impressed me about this was that despite it being all about, you know, these fancy, expensive French wines and, you know, how they're made and even like the fact that they use like kind of descriptions of classic paintings and stuff to describe them. All in all, I, w- I was surprised that the there wasn't quite a pretentious air to the comic itself, like at all, um, besides... Besides, of course, you know, having a Issei um, himself as the antagonist yeah. has that sort of vibe. But again, he's the antagonist, you know, between um, Shizuku and Miyabi, um, neither of, obviously with Shizuku being new to wine um, and Miyabi kind of uh, being a sommelier in training. Um, I, I thought that it was able to like hit a nice medium mark where although the subject matter could perhaps be conceived as somewhat pretentious, somewhat overblown, it never like felt that way. Yeah, I agree with that completely. And I think um, really kind of what you're getting at with the chemistry and the interplay between the two main characters and kind of how they accentuate each other's strengths and weaknesses um, works really well, at least from a story standpoint. Um, they, they work really well together. And then the whole central premise, too, about um, 
you know, this, this will and the, and the, the drops of God and the 12 apostles. And it's, it's kind of almost like a Willy Wonka as golden ticket type situation. You know? <laughs> and, no, that's a, that's a, that's a good uh, comparison. I hadn't yeah, thought of I, It's just a lot of fun. It, it's really, it grabbed me a lot quicker than I expected to, it to. Um, and quicker than a lot of the, the books that we've done for the book club. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. It, it, it goes, it, it starts and it, there's no yeah. like, uh, long drawn out kind of okay, it get it gets good once you get to chapter thirty kind of right. thing that you see in a lot of um, stretched out uh, other kinds of stories. This yeah. definitely just got going right away. Yeah, I think with the kind of story like this where it is just kind of low key by nature, you kind of have to come out swinging with your characters and like to, like kind of establish them right away, and they do that very well in the first chapter where. Shizuku helps Miyabi um, with the wine she serves. I think I believe to one of his bosses. I think he's mm-hmm. visiting mm-hmm. a restaurant, something yeah, like that. Yeah, because he works for, ironically, for a beer company. For beer. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. Um, and speaking of Sh- Shizuku and Miyabi, I like you were saying, Zach. I I really like their dynamic. There's the on the one hand. There's um, how his kind of natural talent with her kind of studious nature kind of complement. There's that. I also kind of felt that it was one of the better done. You, know, you, you commonly have like you've got the main male protagonist, main female protagonist, and there's like all the like, oh, are you two together kind of stuff. Yeah. And I thought that I thought that that was like done better in this than in a lot of things. Like they're. You know that yes, that did happen. There are the occasional remarks like that, but it was never like you know just like extremely prolonged. If that makes sense, right. it's a it's a minor thing in the overall uh, narrative of what we've read, at least. Right, it becomes more focus, more of a focal point later. Who knows? Um, but I, I felt that um, when you have the two main, two most prominent characters being male and female. Um, you can often find authors, whether you're talking or authors, filmmakers, whatever the case, um, who just kind of like really rush into that dynamic um, too much. And it, it kind of brings both characters down, it lessens them. Um, whereas here, there's, they, there's a good uh, kind of moderation to that, that like you've got the kind of possible romantic uh, right. A, a romantic interest, possibly. It's kind of vague, but it, neither one of them, like, uh, it, it doesn't bring down either character, I think. I thought I thought their relationship, not just in terms of how they're approached to wine, but their personal relationship was very tastefully done. Yeah, yeah. I think so, too. And uh, you mentioned earlier Issei. Issei is... is he fits into one of my favorite character archetypes for antagonists. You know, um, I think we were talking earlier, Emily and I, and I uh, might've made a mention to like Edgeworth and Phoenix writer, <laughs> uh, you know, just, uh, just like having, I love the classy, elegant antagonist who isn't necessarily a bad yeah, guy. Kind of jerky, but like not really super in your face about it. Right. Um, just like it, I, I love when 
the pretentious characters like in that kind of antagonistic role. And but particularly you see like it done by, you know, people who don't really know what they're doing sometimes and like it's just kind of like a caricature of oh, this is what I think high class erudite people are like and it, it just yeah. it just doesn't like quite uh hit the mark whereas in this case it's like they t- they sell that Issei knows what he is doing right that he's a genius and that just makes it all the more exciting to see eventually and if Shizuku triumphs over him and in a sense he kind of did in uh towards the uh end of the second volume which is would be towards the end of the third or fourth in the original releases um, with that uh, French restaurant that Issei had almost uh, completely run under with his right. bad review. <laughs> um, I thought that was, you know, to compare to other manga, um, you know, you often have your protagonist and your rival and all that. Um, that's a huge dynamic and a lot, no matter what kind of audience, and of course that's just in fiction in general, um, but, you know, essentially Shizuku did already have like a minor victory over Issei early, which was kind of different, pretty mm-hmm. interesting. Um, I, I thought that was a very, uh, not, not necessarily so far to say unorthodox, but yeah, it, it was just different and it kind of makes it feel more real in a way and less like, okay, yes, yeah. work his way up. He's got or- like, since he lost the first time, now he's going to win big. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, he still needs to win his house back. Yeah, that's, that's, a, a, that's big, a big thing to win. <laughs> Actually, where is he living? <laughs> but it was also, know. I really liked how that interplay um, played out over the first two volumes, or the first book, I guess, um, in that he didn't come out of the gate and just win right away. Although kind of like we alluded to, he, you know, he lost his house, but he demonstrated his ability in a way that you say didn't, you know? Um, yes. Yeah. I, I thought that that played out really well. It kind of, I mean, it wasn't that surprising, but it did subvert the expectations I think that we have from things like food wars that play out more in a predictable shonen type ebb and flow where you can pretty much predict yeah. the yeah. outcome of the match based on where the story needs to go. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I think they kept it fresh. Like I like I said earlier, I was I was happy that the story and kind of the the flow of the narrative wasn't too dry. I mean really like I was thinking like you know if it's going to be about wine I didn't really know what the drama would be but really I guess this is the best way to spice it up without making it kind of just a typical shonen thing of it being like a contest in some way though it kind of is I guess there's there's a good but bit it, of contest true <laughs> true and I mean there's there's some I don't want to say ridiculous stuff but kind of like not even super, I'm trying to think of the word, like not even supernatural, but I mean, Shizuku's kind of like genius level uh, intuition, I guess, and just how he was kind of quote unquote trained by his father from a young age. And so he's got this, he's got the natural talent. And then Miyabi represents like the book learning, which is classic dynamic. Yeah. 
Right. So she can tell him what the names of the wines are. And he's like, well, actually, I remember this smell from when I was a kid. And this reminds me of this wine. And um, in their first little bout after after Issei won his house, won Shizuka's house, um, uh, in the bout where Issei lost, it was kind of that classic thing of, um, well, you really, you really understand this on like a just purely like educational academic level. That's how you understand wine, but Shizuku gets it on like, he gets the essence of it. You know what I mean? Because he, and th- and that's right, always like, kind of, that's you, all. You say technically won, but then yeah. it's like, well, Shizuku gets it. He and, might not have won, but. And whoever gets like the essence of the thing is kind of always implicitly the supposed to be the, <laughs> the real winner, you know? <laughs> and clearly he'll most likely win in the end. I mean, I'm sure it won't be so cut and dry uh, because this isn't quite the uh, black and white shonen thing. But, yeah. So one other uh, thing I wanted to talk about was to compare to continue the comparisons to the most analogous thing that we've discussed, at least, uh, Food Wars. How do you feel about the uh, somewhat educational nature of this there's like in food wars you do have a lot of description you know kind of Hmm. like hey let me let me teach you about wine you know there's kind of that that's kind of like the second aspect of this it's not just a story it's a way of you know kind of educating the reader yeah um how, how do you all feel that was executed um i have to admit i kind of got lost in all of the names of wines after a while. I mean, I can't, I can't really keep straight in my mind, you know, which were considered good, like, especially like the brand names and things like which were high class or lower class. But I did appreciate, I think what I appreciated the most and what I learned the most uh, of from this manga was just kind of the characteristics of wine, like the terroir, terroir, I'm sorry, my French. Close enough. Yeah. My French accent is awful. And like the domains, um, just a little bit more about, I guess, how wines are produced and marketed. I feel like that's more what I learned rather than, like, specific, you know, I, I can't tell them apart. But, I mean, as, like, far as the story is concerned, that didn't really that didn't really affect my enjoyment of it. But just, like, looking at it, you know, now I couldn't probably tell you a name of one of those wines I read about. <laughs> yeah, I think that aspect of it is a little bit harder for the uninitiated wine connoisseur, yeah. but... Um, you know, a lot of basic things just about like how, um, about how wine works, um, even things that I wasn't really, I mean, I'm not a huge, I'm not, I'm actually kind of just getting into wine really. I've never been a wine guy, so it's kind of funny how this coincided, but just learning about, um, you know, using the use of a decanter and, um, Right. The way different vintages um, mature and kind of just like really basic things. It was really good, like foundational level introduction to wine. Right. Right. Yeah. And I don't want to give the impression that like you you can't follow this or something if you don't know anything about wine. That's really not the case. It's just more that, you know, you won't remember the names, but like the story, you can still follow it. I mean, there's really no reason that you can't yeah the thing one of the things um so again comparing to food wars one of the 
common um, complaints when when food wars kind of bogs down for me is that sometimes the descriptions and the explanations get a bit to be too much and I'm just kind of like, all right, right. Yeah, let's go on. I I felt that on the one hand, there's a I don't necessarily know if it's a matter of uh, there's less of that in this. You know, there's probably just about as much. But I think that the nature of the subject makes it easier to like tolerate because yeah. you assume a lot of times when people are drinking wine, they're talking about it as well. You know, oh, you know, this is this vintage. Um, you know, I, I've been holding on to this for a special occasion. Oh, you know, oh, this winery. I, I've been there before. You know, there's always that. There's always that aspect when you have wine. Yeah. So it feels a lot more natural in this when they're kind of like going off and just right. spending spending a while kind of like talking about it, even though it is still that same sort of, um, hey, let me, you know, give you all this information, dear reader. It, it feels a yeah. lot more natural than in other contexts. Yeah, it feels like I'm just listening to two people who know a lot of wine, not who know a lot about wine, talk to each other. Um, whereas in Food Wars, it does just kind of feel like uh, the author thinks this is cool, so here's kids telling you about uh, really complex right. recipes. <laughs> um, and, and, yeah. per- and perhaps that these are, you know, two adults maybe makes it right. seem more believable as yeah. well. I'm not sure. And I mean, just the fact also that it's, I mean, this is kind of obvious, but just the fact that it's narrowed down to wine also kind of makes it a little bit more palatable than. Oh, nice. <laughs> uh, <then>, uh, <laughs> um, than just kind of Food Wars, which really runs the gamut of almost everything you can eat and then some. Yeah, sometimes so. sometimes Food Wars is a little too abstract and obtuse, I think, just in the way that it throws so many things at you and, and kind of the, the food mm. power creep that we've seen um, <laughs> <Yeah>. basically, <laughs> basically over the course of the series. Um you know, it's becoming yeah. increasingly difficult to kind of top that. But and maybe maybe this series runs into that issue eventually. But just the nature yeah. of wine itself, kind of, I think you know, right. precludes these kind of conversations. Yeah, yeah. it's 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 yeah. low key. It's not trying to kind of do the shock value thing, which I think Food Wars does. And again, this is these are different genres of manga. They're trying to accomplish different things, but. Yeah, like, because it doesn't do the whole kind of just wanting to wow you even more each time, it doesn't really have to worry about that because it's not right. The, it's not really about that. The interesting, the interesting thing about taking this story to a visual medium is that in the end, it's just a depiction of liquid in a glass. You know, you they, they do have, of course, their, like, you know, when people like think of certain paintings or um, have like a certain vision come to their head while they're drinking it. But the very nature of it, of the actual, the pouring of the wine, the drinking of the wine, the kind of, as they smell it, there's only so much you can do with that. And that's kind of what makes it more subtle, but also more interesting because it shows a level of skill. Um, yeah, and more refined again to repeat myself, subtle um that say for example you could do something with cocktails instead 
well, that would give you a lot more chance as, right. a, right. as an artist uh, to like have people like kind of doing, you know, as they pour it. Oh, wow. You know, he's like, you know, twirling this bottle or something ridiculous. Yeah. You, yeah. you can't do that here. Right. I mean, and, and like you said, I, um, because it's, it's lower key and you can't really do as much interesting things with a bottle of wine than you can with all the food imaginable. Right. Like in food wars, <laughs> you, you can, you have to do more character work and make the situations interesting and kind of always have something happening rather than like downtime because yeah. So something like this, like something like food wars downtime can be behind kind of a drag, but if like something like this, which is already low key kind of had parts that dragged, that would really hurt it. I think. And it's it's really a testament to how good this was that I, I was never really like bored at all. I mean I was I was pretty invested um, all the way through what we read. So in that sense, I, I think it succeeded in you know capturing your attention. Speaking of investments, uh, if like us, you read this and you really enjoyed it, um, as Emily mentioned towards the beginning, um, it has, unfortunately, um, in the U.S., it, they haven't been continuing it. They did uh, four double-sized volumes of it. Then they skipped ahead. I believe I believe it was at the uh, author's request, but like I, I believe it was the justification was they jumped ahead to um, an arc that was more about like New World wines, American wines, Napa Valley and all that. Um, and thus, like, maybe the idea was that, okay, maybe Americans would be more interested in, like, reading this if this was the case. But um, it didn't stick, and it hasn't been... I believe that right now in the U.S., um, there's only the four original volumes plus a fifth one that is much later in the story. Like, um, looking it up... Right, like, these, in the 20s, yeah, I think. Yeah, like, like the seventh apostle. Right. Um, <laughs> Right now, the series is still going. It went through a short break um, in Japan, uh, but now it's back for the final arc, and so I believe it's still on its way to towards the end. Um, so, if you read Japanese... <laughs> you can read it you, all. <laughs> you can be there for the end, unlike us. But I, I, want, I myself am planning to get um, the other arcs, and maybe, just maybe... That'll be the sale yeah. that's like, we should continue. I hope we'll so. See. I mean, crazier things have happened as far as as far as stuff being kind of dropped and picked up again. So, yeah, I mean, I, I will, uh, you know, if I get the chance, support this this too. Um, and hopefully we'll get we'll get more or at least maybe uh, vertical will fill in the gaps. But I don't know if at this point you could really do that because they might have. Yeah, I, I don't want to say they would rewrite things to make yeah. it seem natural, but... Uh, I, I don't know enough about Vertical as a publisher. It's published yeah. in Japan by Kodansha, so maybe maybe once it's done, Kodansha will start republishing it. So that would be another... Maybe. I'm not sure about Vertical's yeah. status. Mm-hmm. I could I, I could definitely see that happening, and it may be a case where Vertical just snapped it up and hoped it would do well, and then maybe we'll let the publishing rights lapse. Right. Good could take over. I, yeah, I just think that this kind of um, this kind of manga that's like more aimed at adults, uh, more clearly aimed at adults, and kind of about a very specific thing, just probably 
that idea just probably wouldn't sell here as well as like a shonen or a shonen action manga. You know, I just think that people that aren't already into that kind of thing wouldn't really be swayed to read it. If that makes any sense. Yeah, it's a bit, it's certainly a bit niche. Right. Well, reading about, um, reading, reading the drops of God has reinvigorated my love of wine. And so I thought that from this day forward, this should be the multiversity wine club. Hmm. So we picked out, you know, we, you know, we, we don't have the budget. Uh, unfortunately, Brian, our editor doesn't, uh, have the money to spare for us to get, you know, fancy 10, 20 year old bottles from France. So instead we agreed on something we could just find at the grocery store, um, across, you know, the U S and different States and all that. So we could be sure that we could have the same thing together. Unfortunately, we kind of <laughs> failed there too. Um, some, but that's all some right. wine club We're we close are. enough, close enough. We're tonight on our end, we will be sampling the fabulous yellowtail Shiraz Cabernet. It's a 2016, a blend, 80% Shiraz and 20% Cabernet. Now, Zach, I believe you just have That's Shiraz. That's correct. That when correct? you said that we needed the Shiraz Cabernet, I went out and tried to find someone who could help me find the, the next closest thing that would be 99% similar but would have that 1% difference. And I believe I found it. That's right. <laughs> you would be you would be able to fool me in a blind tasting. Perhaps. I tried. I tried to find the Cabernet Sauvignon, and I was I was foiled. Yeah, we we changed our minds a few times, and yeah, this is as good as it'll get. This um, one actually has a vintage. Yes, That's impressive. Yes, I, I for some reason I thought uh, Yellowtail was one of the ones that was did not keep a vintage, um, but no, this is 2016. This is, uh, you know, we'll see. Yeah. Um, for those of you who don't know, Yellowtail is Australian. The Shiraz is their specialty, if I believe. Shiraz is uh, what the Australians call Shiraz. Um, this does not feel like a cork. No. The cork that came out of the bottle does not feel real. So we're, we're off mine, to a great uh, start. So when I uncorked mine, I... I put the, the 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 little screw thing in and it immediately cored the center of the cork and pulled out a big chunk of it so Oops. that that was a great sign <laughs> all right off to a good start i poured a little bit on my desk so uh -oh. so i so i'm curious what small differences there might be. Um, the descriptor for the, yeah. the Shiraz um, it says flavors, mulberry, spice, smooth vanilla. Enjoy with a good steak or in front mm. of a roaring fire. So our fla the flavors that Yellowtail has provided yes. for us, we'll see if we agree uh, for the Shiraz Cabernet or Cabernet Shiraz, I forget how they, anyway. The Shiraz Cabernet. The flavors that they claim, there will be some plums, <laughs> some black currants, and a touch of vanilla. So th there should be that shared vanilla. Hmm. Um, it says to enjoy with your favorite pasta. Unfortunately, we had uh, Mexican food before this. <laughs> and a good conversation, which... Well, 
There we go. There we go. Perfect for this. So, hmm, starting it. with the smell. Now I'm interested. I'm on ours on their scale of uh, dry to sweetness. It appears to have one kangaroo hop uh, <laughs> on from dry to sweet. So I suppose it's supposed it's to be dry, dry. But initial scent, it, it it already smells a little bit sweet. So I'm getting I'm getting notes of um like the great medicine you take. You took yeah. as a kid. <laughs> yeah, a, little, a little bit of Dimetap uh, to mine, the nose. Uh, mine has a heavy scent of um, of um, liquid smoke. <laughs> yeah. Are you okay? <laughs> you can make, maybe maybe you could make some uh, interesting barbecue uh, this, if that's the case. I think with, uh, that leftovers. you may be onto something. It would it would certainly be interesting barbecue. So, we didn't hold it to the light yet. Hold it. Oh my my oh. mistake. I, uh, <laughs> don't don't start drinking yet. That's not quite opaque. Uh, I got a kind of deep, a deep like velvet to it. Perhaps I sort of sound like I'm talking. It's about. it's just black. I, I, <laughs> yeah, you can see through it. Almost. It's not, it's not like see the light. It has a a, a pale. Pale pink edge, pinkish purple. Okay. I wonder. See, if, ours is a little bit darker around the edge. Um, I would say more towards the middle, where you start to see the the red. Um, yeah, kind of purplish. First impression. Ooh, it's sour. It's a bit sour. It, re- it reminds it reminds me a bit of a uh, red Fanta. <laughs> if it was if it had gone flat, perhaps. Um, <laughs> I, I is no there, no. Is that's... there a painting that you would <laughs> you would compare? A painting. Mm. You know that painting. I'm trying to think of like Jackson the most Pollock. grotesque painting. I mean, it's not. <laughs> Guernica. It's just like <laughs> that's a bit extreme. <laughs> I don't think I would compare it to the bombing of a Spanish town, but <laughs> you know that painting of Saturn of Jupiter mm. eating the sun <laughs> by Goya. That's kind of how this makes you feel. You know the look on Jupiter's face. Wait, I'm sorry. I want to make sure. I, I don't know if it's Jupiter. I'm not a hundred. It's Saturn. Saturn's crap. Saturn. Saturn. I was right the first yeah, yeah. time. See, sorry about that, guys. It's it's got uh, to to me. It, it kind of has that like quality of um communion wine when it's not watered down. Like it doesn't really taste like wine, but it tastes. You can taste the alcohol. It's just kind of a unpleasant blend of grape juice and alcohol but not quite wine i really hope that in drops of god later they just try some really shitty wine oh yeah and that would be they have to be because tomine as you said he's kind of like if you mixed miles edgeworth from ace attorney and the critic the food critic from ratatouille oh yeah we should have mentioned (laughs) him earlier whose name escapes me at the moment but i just want to see them tear apart some wine that would be pretty great 
Well, there was the there was that. How's yours over um, on your? I don't know what what's the correct term for like someone who loves Italy. Is it a, an Italiophile? Italophile. Italophile. Yeah. He kind like of that? did that a little bit. Yeah. That's true. He did. He did. Mm, you know. Right. He, he looked down upon the French. That's ones. true. Yeah, there was that one guy. The the finish is fleeting. It doesn't like linger, which is which is probably Thank a God. good thing. Probably a good thing. I don't thing. know. This one does stay with you for a while. Oh, my condolences. <laughs> I'm sorry. It kind of coats the tongue. Um. <laughs> you can't escape. <laughs> yeah, my it's like I don't like feel like there's not that like yeah coating quality to it the look i do get a little bit as like i breathe in and out i kind of mm. like am reminded of it just ah yes it's like remember I, when you were sick and had to take great medicine you get that on the back of your tongue but if it burned a little bit more. if it burned and you'd also just eaten some pickles that's uh, kind of exactly <laughs> don't don't you put down the good name of pickles well i'm i'm reminded of soma's peanut butter Squid tentacles. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> but that at least seemed interesting. This this isn't like interestingly like it's it's not interestingly bad. It's it's there. Yeah. I'll finish it. I'll finish the bottle. Oof. Not tonight. Maybe tonight. <laughs> this, I don't know if this is one that you would actually be able to keep for a long time. I, I get I get the vibe that this is hangover wine. Too too much of this will probably uh, leave you feeling pretty bad pretty quickly. Mm. Well, I think this was a success. <laughs> we will review manga no longer. Next week, join us as we talk about uh, Barefoot's Chardonnay <laughs> instead. We're gonna just keep going down. They're, the wines are just gonna keep getting cheaper too much, and cheaper too much until shot. we find. We get we get the two back chuck. We get we get one of those like big jugs that has like a picture of an old Italian man on it. No, like box no, wine. No name. Oh, you know what would be the best? You know how in stores they'll sell this is like I have to imagine this is bottom of the barrel. It's like it's like a glass of wine, but wine is already in the glass. Oh God, yeah, I've seen that. Those have got to be the worst. That terrifies That's, me. That might even be too bad for like. I think might... I think they can't even technically market those as wine. Like it, yeah, it's it's not even in the wine section. It's just right. kind of in the random parts of the store <laughs> in the corners when you're... Long forgotten. Right. Oh, my. Which just means it's aged, and therefore it's probably good. Mm. If there's one thing I've learned from Chops of God. But seriously, Zach, why don't you tell us what we Whew. will be reading next month? Okay. Yeah, I'm here. If you're okay. Um, I haven't, I haven't uh, had too much so of that delicious good. Shiraz. Um, so next month, <laughs> I have chosen, um, kind of going off of my theme last time, of um, famous animators. Um, I've decided to pick awesome. Opus by Satoshi Kon. Awesome. Yeah, that should be real cool. Um, that is only one volume. So we're going to get a complete story, although not really, because it is unfinished. <laughs> complete, complete in there. Yeah, complete in that. That is well, all that there is, is to right. it. <laughs> we do. So we have an excuse this time for not finishing it. Right. 
All right. Well, we're going to take a brief break, uh, and then we'll be back with you to talk about the preceding month in Weekly Shonen Jump. Catch you then. podcast listeners we're the hosts of the dc3 cast i'm zach i'm vince and i'm brian each week we discuss most of the new releases from dc comics focusing mainly on rebirth wildstorm and young animal we also look at the news of the week discuss the film and television adaptations of dc material and dig into industry rumors we've also had a number of dc creators on our show like scott snyder jim lee christopher priest steve orlando and joshua williamson so if you like borat jokes my wife bad to end dio impressions this is bad what the f- and an in-depth look at dc each week join us every wednesday morning at multiversitycomics.com apple podcast or your podcatcher of choice come get jurgens with us all right welcome back uh, as usual second half of the show we're going to be talking about uh, the past month in weekly shonen jump some of our series that we keep up with um not all of them to begin with we have a correction to make uh, to be fair we probably have lots of corrections to make um just speaking for myself i just kind of say things sometimes but <laughs> one that was specifically pointed out by a listener yes this was this was my mistake uh it was my uh, mistake too i, I think it was so. actually all of our mistakes we all, well we, <laughs> it's it's okay we are we are all taking responsibility uh yeah last month uh i mentioned kind of offhand and i guess we kind of talked about it a little that uh the portrayal of method acting in Act Age was was not accurate, and um, shortly after, a friend of the show, Darcy Forrester, who also happens to write um, the Go Beyond column on Multiversity, which is about My Hero Academia, you should read it. Um, they kindly pointed out to me that uh, the manga was actually conveying this idea accurately, and I just didn't know what I was talking about. But she was, they, they were very polite about it. So, <laughs> um, I. You know, I just kind of have a very general, loose knowledge of what method acting is, and I kind of just assumed Shonen got it wrong, as it tends to exaggerate these kinds of things. Perhaps um, perhaps we're being too harsh <laughs> on the things that we enjoy. So thank you for enlightening, enlightening us on that, Darcy, um, and let it not be said that we do not take constructive criticism. By all means, let us know if we are wrong. <laughs> Sound off in that comments section. I'm going to continue to make mistakes throughout Yes, I, I, w- I probably made a bunch of other ones just in talking about wine just a few minutes ago. Um, yes. Honestly, if I'm unless I'm talking about Naruto slash Boruto, I'm probably wrong. <laughs> yeah, and in which case, if you in are, that case, though... infallible. Right. Never wrong. Never. <laughs> Not once. Um, so we wanted to uh, start off this month uh, talking about One Punch Man. A lot of... Uh, developments in a few chapters but in particular the most recent chapter was uh of uh last week i think it was some it was close to maybe even more than like 60 pages of story i i think so was it that long i thought i read that i don't think both of them yeah were Uh, whatever it was this could be another thing for people to correct of course it was incredible the one last week was definitely 60 pages okay it was incredible it was one of the best chapters i've read in shonen jump i loved mm-hmm. it so much yeah it was very good like um so you know focusing on uh, garu the hero killer hero hunter uh, i think I either think one i think i think yeah. hero hunter is more used yeah you know up until now he's been like a very um 
fun, in, kind of uh, cool kind yeah. of uh, antagonist. Um, definitely getting the vibe that he's a sort of like, you know, big bad kind of thing while like, you know, all this, there's this focus on the monsters right. and all that. He's like, he's, you know, he's the up, real though. insidious threat kind he's of behind being, the shadows right. and all that. And he's been cool up until now, but th- this recent one just really, you, know, you got a bit more of his background and it's a simple idea, you know, him, how he wanted to, he was like, you know, always rooting for the monsters, but in like a kind of, because kind of yeah, a naive way as a right. kid. And a, and a good, a good villain always has like some sort of sympathetic, not always, but usually has some sort of sympathetic character to them. And so the idea in this case of him being swayed and sympathetic with other villains, it was really, it was a fun idea and it was particularly just communicated well. The, the, right. The way that the story, the chapter was paced um, with these flashbacks with, of course, um, Murata's fantastic um, use of facial expressions, use of framing, just a really outstanding chapter. One of right. the best ones in a while, which is saying something because One Punch Man has been good. Yeah. Um, I, this was just great. He really, um, as much as I love Saitama, I think some of my favorite moments are kind of with the other heroes, just because the, the the characters that one creates and that Mirada draws are just so fun to experience. Like, just, you know, uh, and the names he comes up with also are, <laughs> are pretty great. Um, even if they're only on... And I think I've said this before, even if they're only quote unquote on screen for like a couple pages, it's usually memorable in some way. And this last chapter was no exception. Um, Garo basically just faced off against a bunch of, I believe it was class A heroes who'd shown up to deal with him. And it was just kind of a free for all brawl with lots of really cool action. And um, Garo kind of using this, uh, Earlier on in the story, he'd met this kid who had this, like, hero encyclopedia, and he was using that knowledge from it to fight these guys effectively. And it's really fun to see just the other characters kind of fighting and interacting with villains, because obviously when Saitama comes on on stage, uh, you know, they're done. Uh, <laughs> so there's only really so much you can do with Saitama so far, anyway. Uh I haven't when read it, when it comes to like him fighting. Right, like, when it comes to him fighting. We usually fighting. have some extended sequences of like the opponent trying to attack him and all right. that. Right. Right. So I think what the genius thing that one and Mirada do, or that one does, because he writes a story, um, is that he gives plenty of time to these other characters and lets them breathe too. And then Saitama comes in at key points and doesn't kind of, you know, saturate the story with just like easy wins. Um, and this like this chapter just showed how strong his other characters are as far as just uh, engaging but, action sequences and, and uh but Both literal, literally as well. What's that? <laughs> literally as well. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and on, on that note, we also have uh, the fun cliffhanger um, from that chapter of Genesis showing up. And I feel that the chapters with Genesis fighting are just that's when I'm, I'm so excited for that next month because that yeah. I feel is when Murata just yeah. cranks it up to 11 and just goes full force just some of the most incredible sequences in the comic have been oh yeah uh, his fights that Genos is part of 
That, that's actually what first got me interested in right. One Punch Man, was I saw some There's pages of that, and I was like, what? One of the first times that Genos fights Saitama is, like, one of the best fights in the yeah. in the series, I think, so far. And they don't even really fight. It's just kind of Genos kind of feeling out how Saitama moves and stuff, and they're both kind of zipping around the page. It's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Genos is just such a cool character, but... I, I mean, I don't know. Like, kind of like you said earlier, Emily, the fight in this issue was just so well orchestrated and like well illustrated. I don't, I almost like don't even know how he could top this. Really, yeah, this is really good. Right. This is one of the best ones, honestly. It's, some, it's something that has to be seen. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's this is definitely I feel it's like an example of um, One Punch Man being at its best in all the ways that it's typically good because it's not just that this kind of like even though it's not super complicated but it's still just an incredibly engaging world and like yeah that's super deep but still yeah I, cool characters plus the incredible action um and even you know some of as i mentioned you know marada's like uh emoting of his characters just everything yeah. was at its best i, I kind of i I don't know if you guys would agree with this, but I kind of feel like it has like that Mad Max Fury Road factor where it like it gives you just enough character and plot to get you maybe more than Mad Max Fury Road does, but like it gets you gives you just enough of that um, kind of like character backstory and stuff to get you in, involved yeah. in the characters, but then it kind of just takes off like high octane uh, action and that kind of really sells it um, because before this chapter, you know, I thought Garo was cool, but then. At the end, where he says, "Well, now you'll see a monster win or a monster protect the kid," I was like, "That's awesome! I love Garo." Because <laughs> I looked I, up from that. <laughs> yeah, I, I was, yeah, I was legitimately rooting for him in these, yeah. in these, especially yeah, in the I, second chapter. Um, I was pumped, yeah, for sure, especially then, yeah. And, and then with like this world that one has created, with like the obsession with like the ranks and all that, and you know. How is uh, kind of scorn for that with these folks who were like kind of obsessed with the fact that they were only rank A and right. all that. So and he has that like level of contempt for like the kind of bureaucracy of, yeah. that heroes have become. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's really good, and if you haven't read like this month's One Punch Man chapters, you absolutely have to because it's like, yeah, it kind of blew me away. Honestly, it was so good. Yeah, absolutely. Another favorite, as usual, um, is Promised Neverland. Once again, there, there's always, we were saying uh, earlier, there's always something to talk about with Promised Neverland. Um, we had one chapter, just a single chapter that was um, sort of a, a sort of a reveal. Of, um, you know, we learned that Norman is still alive um, and we kind of saw where he is. And I, I actually wrote a review about this for Multiversity Comics, um, so I don't want to just completely rehash just what I said in that review. But I thought it was interesting because um, clearly it was obvious that Norman was still alive, you know. Right. We didn't see the body. If it's shown in manga and you don't see the body, <laughs> always assume they're still alive unless given yeah. concrete evidence. Or at least that's how I felt. <laughs> I, and, and so I felt that the chapter didn't... Uh, it wasn't relying on the like shock factor at all of like what Norman's alive. They weren't, they weren't expecting you to react that way 
to it. Right. So they just kind of, it's like, yep, here's Norman. All right, here's what he's doing. I thought that was just, that was very smart. It would have been a lot easier and a lot cheaper to just kind of dedicate a whole chapter to kind of like, you know, like, whoa. Yeah. What's going on? Oh. Imagine if like the cliffhanger had been like Norman's face or something in right. some kind of lab, and we we had we had kind of gotten that with the pre the preceding chapter with the uh, one uh, person on the on the uh, what's the Goldie Pond Goldie who Pond. Um, knew Norman's number. So that there was a little <laughs> bit about that. Sorry, our dog just the dog like, is snoring <laughs> very loudly, um, and. Um, but it it wasn't really um, quite that kind of like nature of just, bam, here it is. Aren't you like impressed by this crazy twist I've come up with? Yeah, yeah, it was a lot more yeah. subtle. Um, and then the, the revelation of kind of where he's been and what he's been doing is really interesting as well. Right, that's more important. Right. And, the narrative understands that. Right. The mystery shifts from... Well, I mean, to, to us, at least, it was never really a huge mystery of, like, is Norman alive? And now the mystery, like, appropriately shifts to, well, what has he been doing all this time? What has he learned? And right. how is he going to meet up with them and infect the story? So that was good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it, it this new... I don't know. There's so many different layers of The Promised Neverland now, whereas it used to be a fairly... Um, not definitely not mundane, but and not even necessarily one dimensional. But you know, it, it had this one thread of wanting to escape, right. um, and now it's become something so much more. The world building on display is a lot better. Yeah, it's yeah. I, I wasn't expecting it to kind of like expand as much as it had. You know, I, I think we mentioned in a previous uh, episode that in it, the world seemed to get so much bigger in just the span of like a dozen or so chapters um and so now it's exciting to see where that's going um because now that uh all three of them are separated from each other and we know that it's all three of them not just two of them um and they're all going different places it's possible that ray and emma will reunite but i i wouldn't be surprised if uh if they continue to be separate for this reason to kind of explore different uh paths with them right we'll see yeah um we also had a much welcome or begun a much welcome uh i don't know if reprieve is the world that word i want to use but something a bit lighter in my hero academia after a pretty heavy arc um, particularly oh, yeah. a pretty heavy ending of the arc um of yes. the previous one <laughs> we're now getting to that classic school festival. Oh, yeah. If you've played Persona games and love them as much as I do, you'll know this is something to really look forward to. <laughs> um, but more more to my uh, interest is that we have the introduction of Gentle and... Uh, oh, I've forgotten his sidekick's name. She's called La Brava. La Brava, that's it. Um, and he, he, like, you know... For me personally, checks a lot of my boxes of some of my favorite kinds of characters. I like, you know, the like very posh um, kind of like people who like think a that they're Gaston or something. From a Gaston, a little more elegant. Like uh, maybe this is a little bit of, of a deep cut, but like you know, the Virian of uh, 
Fire Emblem. That is a deep cut. <laughs> well, not really, not really, but but I Se- mean semi. Kind of specific. It's kind of yeah, specific. Um, but particularly when they're like you know also like bad characters. Right. Well. Or or he seems like kind of a petty criminal. He's yeah, like petty criminal. he's like kind he, of a. He youth- thinks that he's the good guy. Perhaps it's. I, I don't really know yet. I mean, he kind of we don't know enough about him. He but. kind of seems like a YouTube criminal. Yes. Like, I think yeah. he was he was seen like robbing a convenience store, I believe. Right. And then it was like streamed to a bunch of people and. Though I, th- though I think that maybe um, the, what we were supposed to get from that is that like Labrava is perhaps more interested in that than he. Is. I think so. Um, um, you know, he he kind of has like a Robin Hood view of himself. Somehow, um, you know, he's fighting against the system um, that's corrupt and all that. And it, it, for me, at least, he looks like he's going to be a new favorite of mine. Just in a couple, the couple of chapters he's appeared in, this is for me. This is like my kind of. I like this guy. Well, yeah, he 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 seems to kind of do these like these like petty crimes, but for like for good reasons. Like I believe he was or stealing he from so. the <laughs> convenience store because like they were selling stuff in the expiration date, right, past the expiration right. date, something like that. So you can tell this guy means business. <laughs> hey, that's He's very important. Deal. Yeah, I like his design a lot too. Yes, absolutely. Very debonair, kind of a kind of a dandy. Yeah, um, and of of course, uh, with it, it just might so happen that he might uh, crash perhaps the festival. Who I knows? think I think it was shown that he was going there. Yeah, they, I think they have actually. Interestingly on. enough, also the um, I mean the actual pr- preparations for the school festival haven't really been super exciting but it has been yeah. pretty cute like even though i don't like bakugo very much it was pretty funny that he was just kind of naturally excellent at drums and then in the the chapter that was that was released today i actually laughed out loud at um tokoyami he's a little falcon headed guy who was actually really good at guitar but then he admit he's like i haven't he's like i haven't picked up the axe since uh that, that I was asked by the F core. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're like, wow, Tokoyami, you really play a mean, like, melancholy g- t- guitar there. Uh, I like that character a lot. He's <laughs> always funny. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I definitely am looking forward to, like, a bit of comparative Light-hearted. levity. Yeah. Like, the previous arc was great. Um, just, yeah, really fantastic. But, um, Horikoshi definitely knows how to lighten things up, and I think it's yeah, I think it's time for that. I think it sure. also without also without it feeling kind of lame because they are high school students, so it kind of feels more natural that they'll have downtime, right? And kind of have fun as opposed to like some kind of I don't know something in another shonen action series where it wouldn't feel as natural. If that makes any sense? No, no, I totally because they're living. Sense. I mean, they're living. They're boarding at a school, so it's like yeah, they're gonna have you know, free time apart from their classes. So yeah. And they deserve it, especially after getting, you know, destroyed by overhauls group. Yeah. Well, not destroyed, but a lot of them were ended up in the hospital for a while afterwards. So. Although like, even with all this kind of like lighter fare, um, we did kind of get a like classic shonen trope with, um, Deku, um, kind of expanding his power set, I guess. In, yeah. In the yeah. most recent chapter, I think. Right. Yeah, kind of figuring out his new yeah. way to 
new ways to like focus it um, and all that, which is interesting. You know, the whole yeah percentage kind of approach that he's been doing with it. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then then having it like kind of focused in different very uh, very Kaioken. Because <laughs> because one uh, or um sorry I almost said One Punch Man um My Hero Academia doesn't really deal so much in like the power level stuff. And to be honest, except for Deku, like, except for Deku, but it, there's not as much of that with everything else. And even then, it doesn't really. It's like, how does he know he's using twenty percent? I mean, you can you can nitpick this stuff forever, but it's kind of a. I mean, they just you kind of just have to accept that's how they do it. Um, you know, it's like getting really sure. mad at power levels in Dragon Ball, even though those got a little ridiculous. But even then, like Toriyama, kind they're of gone in Super. It doesn't sized. even matter anymore. Yeah, yeah, we've been watching that. Yeah, That's we good. actually, yeah, as a quick aside, we have Really? Been, Not to digress. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. <laughs> it's good. Oh, yeah, we can. <laughs> but, yeah, um, yeah, it's interesting to see how I think I think the way they handle Deku's power is pretty interesting. And I especially liked, as I mentioned, um, when the overhaul arc ended, um, how kind of Aerie's power negated it and let it let him actually use it without basically killing himself. <laughs> Um, so you can kind of tell like he still has a long way to go because he basically needed somebody who, who canceled his power almost to, or reversed, reversed the bad effects to even be super, to be super effective with it. So yeah, he still has a long way to go. The one thing that I'm wondering is that with, uh, Aries presence at this, um, event, this, this is again, me like, you know, just trying to apply like sort of, uh, meta-textual, maybe I'm not using that word correctly, but, you know, kind of looking at it as just, like, a you're, story, you know. You're but, looking for story right, you know, beats. With, with, with the area there, um, it feels like there's a potential for more, although we're talking about this, it'll probably be more of a fun arc, you know, with them with the dance, and Gentle's pretty fun. I feel with her being I, there, maybe something more dramatic. Yeah, and also, it's nice happen. that, um, Mirio is still in the picture. Yes. Because he was escorting her to the festival. So yeah. I'm glad that... And, and that also makes me think, like, clearly Mirio is going to be cured or at least be part of the hero world in some way. At least I hope so, because he's such a great character. He was so positive. Yeah. And, like, maybe one of the... I think, like, of the students, the most, like, superhero-like, like, budding superhero personality-wise, anyway. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, and I, I, I hope we continue to see a lot of him, too. I'm sure we will. There's also, uh, though we haven't talked about it much recently, um, some major developments in Black Clover in the past month. Um, a lot of stuff happening very quickly. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> very quickly. Like, I, <laughs> I, I, I was pretty shocked by some of it. Uh, so, working kind of backwards... Today, Julius, our good friend, the Wizard King, died. Goodbye, Julius. Um, There's been this uh, huge attack um, that we've seen a bit of before on Asta with... um, Oh, I'm forgetting the woman's name um, of the Crimson... Crimson Oh, yeah, I can't... I don't remember her name. I know who you're talking Um, about, though. Yeah, they, they, they've been um, fighting some of... Goodness, I should have uh, did a cheat sheet. Um, some Black Clover fan you are. Yeah, I know. Um, 
the uh, order. What is it? The order of the uh, midnight something. Sun. Midnight Sun. Order of the Midnight Sun. I, I've. I was like thinking I was going to like accidentally like say something like the Argent Crusade. It's like no, that's Warcraft. Um, yeah. So the Midnight Sun. Um, we've had Asta dealing with some of that, but then these past few chapters were instead with Julius and the revealed that the head of um, th- oh god head of the midnight well names. okay so the head of the <laughs> head of the midnight sun also... was also the head or had been disguised as the leader of the most prestigious group of the right which is the golden Magic dawn Knights. i believe Golden yeah. Dawn. I knew it was Golden. Golden Dawn. Right. Absolutely. And that um, they're sharing a, a body, basically. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was... So, definitely um, some high stakes very quickly, out, seemingly out of nowhere, but in a good way, mm-hmm. you know. I, I felt that it, it wasn't like a, oh, we're, ex- we're accelerating that fast. It was like, whoa, this is happening. Cool. Um, just... I I really don't know um, how much like I feel like this is the sort of thing that it could shake things up a lot. Um, at the same time, I think there's a sort a risk, I suppose, that things will continue like almost as if no major thing happened. Like people will be sad that um, the Wizard King is dead, but maybe you know. For the grand scheme of things, things continue on the same. But in the moment, it it's cool. Mm. <laughs> yeah, there's no other way to say it. Um, it's uh, it's interesting, you know. At least where we are now, again, like you said. Um, although I guess we do see a body here, I'm still skeptical of whether or not the Wizard King will actually, you know, right leave this this two dimensional mortal coil. <laughs> yes. Well, he has time. His is time magic. That is, correct? yeah, yeah. So, so something's does, probably going to play. Does he in have there. so world ale power? Can he stop time? Yeah. <laughs> he can hit someone with a uh, steamroller. Although, no way. That's the coolest power. <laughs> Sounds like something Dio did in JoJo's Part Three. Yeah. <laughs> now that you mentioned. Sorry, sorry to. To railroad the, uh, or to just to railroad, to derail the, uh, Well, it's only fair that you bring up JoJo. You could have brought up JoJo Ooh. or One Piece, either one, because, um, <laughs> this reminds me well, of something that happens in Naruto. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because, um, I haven't read as much of Black Clover, um, as Walter has. Uh, nearly at all um but there is a character it's funny because whenever i flip through it i'm like this character looks like crocodile from one piece yeah yami yami um for some reason like it's not all of his characters but for some reason yami does look a lot like just for like oda drew that character right just him nobody else yeah he just looks like right it doesn't even it doesn't even look like the artist copied crocodile it looks like oda came in and drew this one guy for this, yeah. this manga. <laughs> for every, every panel he appears yeah, in. Like, <laughs> just the way that his the way of his like the composition of his yeah. face and his kind of size um yeah i see it yeah anyway <laughs> it's kind of uncanny um, oh my goodness 
<laughs> are you are you comparing side to side now? Yes. <laughs> yeah, he looks exactly but, uh, like him. <laughs> I'm 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 sure I'm not the first person that saw this. <laughs> but but speak but speaking of Yami, um, obviously there's been like you know some like there's been hints about uh, his friendship with uh, Julius, um, and so it. He's been like the kind of stoicy type um, all throughout this, with a little bit of a wry sense of humor on top of it. You know, typical old man, as in like maybe twenty three. I think I think he actually uh, said he was twenty eight in this. In twenty eight. Wow, that's ancient. Oh my god, that's ancient in manga. He's gonna <laughs> die, and he's <laughs> he's got a countdown on him or something for sure. <laughs> so you know it. it it could be a we got we got a little bit of his initial reaction in this one, but it, I'm interested to see how this affects him. You know, I, I'm this is one of the first times I'm feeling like I, I've enjoyed Black Clover up until now, but I'm kind of at this point I'm feeling like kind of invested. In it. I'm kind of, I'm kind of I'm definitely interested to see where it goes, assuming that something you know something interesting might happen. It it could, like I said there's still potential for it to just kind of be like, all right, back to things, how it, things basically were. It's just so-and-so is dead. So-and-so is evil, but otherwise the tone is pretty much exactly the same. Yeah. I, I would very much like, I mean, the wizard King was a fine character. He, he did some cool things here. I really liked that chapter that kind of, um, I guess it was this, no, it was last week's chapter. I think. Yeah. That kind of talked mm-hmm. about his, um, I guess the class struggle basically and his, his what he kind of yeah with yeah that. that's been that's been a um yeah that, that's been a certainly one with Asta himself and with him they're kind of like overlap there is um this idea of a world where that's not so big of a deal which was again it was referenced again in this chapter but yeah it was the previous one that there was more of a focus right, on that. right so I mean I you know thematically there's not a lot more for this character necessarily to do i mean i'm sure he could still continue to exist and serve a purpose but i could see maybe coming out of this arc um you know there could be like a power vacuum arc type thing and then fill in the role with a new perhaps perhaps or something yeah or perhaps even like uh like splintering Mm, perhaps like the different the different orders kind of break apart. That would apart. be interesting. Um, I, I could see that happening mm-hmm. um, without like a unifying finger. Yeah, yeah it, it's a... I definitely think it's hitting its stride. Um, before it was just kind of enter, basic entertainment with pretty good art. But I, I, I'm, I'm really enjoying it now, I think I would say. Um, to finish off, we're going to talk about Robot Laser Beam... Um, had a began this month with a pretty major event of Robo winning his first public appearance. Yeah, like his first pro tournament, basically. Yeah, um, he went in, had, he uh, went in big with the skydive, and he he came out big too. He, he came out big. Heck Man, yeah! I I I lost my shit when um <laughs> when he had that when he banked off the sign, I. I think that was I think that was the the whole that was that, the winning it was the winning basically, one yeah, yeah. He, ba- he banked off the side and I was like 
as a fr- friend of the show, Vince Ostrowski would say, I was hooting and hollering, you know, it, you it, know, it was so cool to me. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'm immune to crazy manga stuff because Walter's Walter told me, cause he read this before I did. He said, the craziest thing happens in robot laser beam. You're not going to believe it. And he w- he was actually like, this was the craziest shit imaginable. And I read it. I was like, nah, I've seen crazier. I mean, I don't, I don't know. It's like, I felt like unlike some of the other stuff where it's like ridiculous in a supernatural way, like this was almost to me, since it was more of a mundane thing that yeah, could theoretically right. happen, right. that somehow made it like more ridiculous than like, oh, okay, this guy, you know, he shoots it in the air and there's a snake, you know, that that's whatever. Right. Who cares? <laughs> I guess, I guess when you get closer, when you like get more down to earth, but it's still crazy, it almost seems... Yeah, that's crazier. Yeah, that's that's what I was. I don't know. I think that's why it worked for me. I get it. No, I liked it too. I just I just kind of was like I was expecting I don't know a black hole, time warp to open up and Robo to like <laughs> turn the ball around and control space time or something the way the way you were describing it. It was really cool. <laughs> it was good, and now um, I like that um, Robot Laser Beam does take time to does kind of have these very kind of like laid out like timeout periods where yeah. Robo kind of gets some, I don't want to say character development, but just time to not be on the golf green. And you kind of get to see him more just as a character. And it does seem like he's developing a little more. He's, he's opening up a little bit more to yeah. his friends. And I did like, I liked that he defended his friend in this latest chapter. Yeah, that I, was good. I really like that in the latest chapter. Yeah. Um, it was pretty understated, but it, it was good. It fit. I think it fit his uh, his personality. Standing up to mm. the Don. The Don. I forget. I forget the rest of his name. I think his name they, was they called Don, Don Vito Corleone. No, uh, that, that's uh, One Piece again. <laughs> Not one Vito Corleone. What? <laughs> no, I was thinking. <laughs> no. I, for a second, you I, you are very mistaken. <laughs> No, I was thinking. I was thinking of uh, Capone. Oh God! Okay. We we watched The Godfather this weekend. <laughs> As you know, but, The Godfather but, and One Piece are very very have <laughs> a lot in common. But but there's there's a gangster, gangster character. Ca- yeah, and he's called the Godfather. Uh, sorry, I get it. I get I, it. I had too much of that delicious yellow tail. <laughs> I know. Um, I'm really feeling it. No, it's, honestly, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Um. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's, uh, I, I kind of like that we're getting some time, like, off of the green, as you said. Um, and something that was, I was wondering about with this most recent chapter was, we got, like, more, I don't know if it's more, but it, it seemed like more appearances of his dad yeah. than in, like, any other chapter. And so I'm wondering I, if... Now we're going to get because there's all there's been this hinting about like his past with golf and you know what um, what might have been the case with him. Um, he, he definitely seems like an interesting character, um, and I'm wondering if we're going to be getting more of that now, some more development on that front. Or? Yeah, I think I don't think we've seen much of his dad since some of the earlier chapters yeah. where it was describing how Robo developed his like accuracy right. with the shooting um hitting golf balls into the basket. I think that's really the last time we really heard of his dad. So yeah, I think we're getting more 
we might be getting more of his like at least just kind of his what his family is doing now and maybe how his his dad is related is related to the golf world somehow um I don't remember if his dad had specific ties to golfing well they mentioned like just in this chapter oh yeah, 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 yeah. That okay yeah yeah um encountered the dawn okay yeah before. you're right so we, we know that he was a golfer um okay. and not just like not just a hobbyist but okay yeah i thought i thought that was the case right okay there was one thing in like i forget if it was last chapter or two ones before that that i felt was kind of like maybe maybe just like the tenor of it comes off differently here in the u.s but there was that one um, scene of the peeping Tom in in the mall. That was a bit weird. <laughs> yeah. And like, I get like the main point was th- to show off just like the like ridiculous accuracy of that one golfer as he like hit the suit of armor <laughs> to catch it. But it definitely felt, uh, shall we say, like a bit trans panicky. You know, the bathrooms. Oh and all yeah. That. That, that's just I couldn't I couldn't think I mean, of anything but that. I thing. don't really know. I don't I don't want to say like. I, I, I don't think that was intentional. No, I don't think so, and I don't know enough about, you know, like the general feeling in Japan on this to like to definitively say like yes, that was the reason. But um, yeah, I did I did kind of note that. Um, it it felt a bit like uh, I mean really just from the sensibility of like us now in America like we definitely this has been an, a more of an issue something that, that we, has been talked about that we can recognize as something that like you People know right blow out of proportion yeah um sure uh yeah I actually had forgotten about that um I just feel it's gonna be one of those things that like you know it's a minor thing that for me you know, it's a minor thing that I'm just kind of like, oh, that's weird. But I can see, like, you know, someone else it. reading it. And right, be, and, and people, like, being, mm. people yeah. being put off by that. Sure, and I get that. Definitely. But um, I, I am kind of curious about this guy. Um, the I forget his name now, but the guy who invited Robo to rock climb. Kind of curious about what his role is going to be. Yeah, yeah that I like that bit where it ended i think it was the second chapter of the month ended with them kind of throwing down on this on this rock wall and then the the next chapter picks up and he's (laughs) essentially coaching him how to rock climb right i don't know i was afraid we were going to get like this whole weird mini rock climbing rock climbing (laughs) sub arc (laughs) that would have been you know what i actually would have gone for that probably (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that would have been interesting. Um, yeah, and, uh, like, it's just interesting, like, these kind of little rivals he's picking up, because I kind of want the Emperor to come back. I really liked him. I forget his name, but he had the crazy eyes. He's gonna he's gonna come back for sure, but oh, he yeah. hasn't been in the picture for a little he, bit. He, he was the one with the helicopter. That oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, he dropped, yeah, he dropped them in. Yeah. They're friends now. He's uh, friends ev- with this rich, crazy guy. Everyone wants to be Robo's rival. Pretty much. But he only has one rifle, as far as he's concerned. Yeah, Miura. Yozan Miura. Yeah. I, I definitely... It's definitely got a good cast, uh, just as it... He comes up with uh, good ideas for um, temporary rivals who 
I'm sure we'll see some of them again, like Dorian Green. Yeah. Um, who he, he was another really fun one um, that I like to see show up again. Yeah. Um, and then who? I, yeah, probably like a. Like I said before, maybe I should make some notes on names because I'm famously bad with them. Famous, you know, across the internet. They all know Walter's I'm going to apologize names. on his behalf um, for that. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I'm interested in this uh, new fellow and how he differs from some of the others. Because I think that yeah. the, the main risk I, I feel with uh, Robot Laser Beam is that there, there's the potential and... When I say the potential, it kind of has already happened. Some of these folks blend together, and I'm yeah. kind of left like, okay, which one is this again? Well, you see the guy, the rock climbing guy was the guy who was hanging out in the tree earlier. Right, because <laughs> he climbed the tree. Much like but he, his, he does kind of have a similar face to some of the people that are actually yeah. on Robo's team and were at high school with him, so it is a little confusing. I think, I think maybe with some of the... Well, I say some of the male characters. I think there's only one or two female characters in this entire manga. Some of them do kind of have a little same face going on. Yeah. But um, yeah. Robo at least... Yeah, Robo at least is distinctive. I mean, I like the art in general. The art in general I don't have a problem with. It's just, yeah, yeah. some... It's a little hard to differentiate between the golfers sometimes. All right, well, I think that's it for this month. Um, once again, if you... Want to join us next week to talk about Shitoshi Kon and Opus. Opus, one volume, so it's not even that much compared to you know. I feel some, we've been you know, kind of we started off doing like oh we'll just do like a couple volumes of this, couple volumes of that. And now <laughs> yeah. it's like you know, half a series <laughs> for half a series, whole series in one. Well, case. you know enough enough to get a sense of yeah what the series is. I think so. This one not quite so much. Yeah. Um, and of course we'll be back to talk about Weekly Shonen Jump some of our favorites maybe the current One Piece arc will finally end probably not mm, I yes I, I will we can be finally, certain we can finally talk about that I will be certain to comment on that <laughs> when that ends <laughs> alright as always you can find us on Twitter mine is at Waltor W-A-L-T-O-R-R Mine is uh, at 1,000 throws. It's the number 1,000 and then just the word yeah, throws. Mine is SirFox89. It's a woodland creature who has been knighted and was born in the year of our Lord, 1989. Very awesome. good. <laughs> we'll see you all next month. See ya.